Welcome back to Watered Wednesdays. Hey everyone, I'm Catherine. And I'm Allie. It's Wednesday and we're so excited that you have tuned in for this episode. Mm-hmm. It's going to be life-changing. No, it's not. <laughs> it could be. You never know. Today we're talking about people-pleasing. Yeah, we gave you a little teaser last week. Right. We have been very excited for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, Allie, but I definitely struggle with people-pleasing. Yeah. And I will say I've been learning a lot about it um, recently, which I feel like I'm getting better, but I'm just excited to dive into that today. Yeah, Yeah. no, I am too. I'm excited. Um, Before we get there, we're going to start with a hot seat question because I feel like it's been a minute since we've done those. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, would you rather say everything that comes to your mind or never say anything again? Honestly, I... I think I would prefer never to say anything again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a monk almost. Yeah. Like they're, you know, Just they don't take- say anything. They have a vow of silence, but they're still pretty wise and yeah. can listen. They can still give back to people even without saying anything. Yeah. And to me, that sounds better than like saying everything. Yeah. No filter. Mm-hmm. It'd be easy to do the opposite of people pleasing though if you always just said what you were thinking. Like, you can't Mm. please someone and also tell them all the truth at the same time. But you'd also be, yeah, that's a good point. I was thinking about that. Like, "Mm, this is kind of a good question because... Interesting. Do you watch The Good Place at all? Mm -mm. No, you told me about that. Mm -hmm. Actually, Mandy told us on, uh, I think, our third episode, she mentioned it. So I started watching it, and it's so funny, but there's a monk on the episode, and he just stands Mm. there, and he's, like, very silent. I don't know why, but when you said that you can communicate without using words, I thought of, like... Someone needing something, and then you just bring in, like, one lily to them. Like, you're communicating, like, whatever they needed. I don't know why. That was, like, visually what I thought in my head. Like, I can still communicate with people. Like, yeah, yeah. you can bring them with a flower. With your actions. It probably yeah. actually makes you a, somewhat of a better person in some ways. Because yeah. you're, like... If you say less. Thinking. <gasps> talk less. Smile more. Mm-hmm. Are you a Hamilton fan? No. But I thought there were more Hamilton fans out there. I, I never read it. I don't know much about it. Oh. I wouldn't see it, but I, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, back um, okay. to business here. I have, I have one hot seat question, too. Whoa. Um, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? If you could only eat one for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Oh, my goodness. Probably lunch. Really? I want to say breakfast because breakfast is, like, sweet and delicious, but I don't always eat breakfast, so I feel like that can't be true. Well, and with breakfast, you can do sweet and savory. Yeah. But lunch, you got sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, True. I love sandwiches. I'm like Joey Tribbiani. I love sandwiches. Give me all the food. Yeah. Delicious. So good. Um, all right. So transitioning into people-pleasing, what is it? Um, do you want to start there? Do you want to read yeah. your list? I think okay. that's a good place to start. Yep. So Allie and I were trying to come up with um, something that we could give you guys that's like a definition of people-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it, it's more of a concept, right? Yeah, it's broad. Um, it's very broad. It can go multiple different directions. So what we did is we pulled up a list from Psychology Today. Incredible and source. it's the 10 things um, that describe people-pleasing. So here we go. Number one, you pretend to agree with everyone. Ooh. Number two, you feel responsible for how other people feel. That's rough. Ooh. Yes, I relate to that one. It's scary. Yeah. Three, you apologize often. I think Canadians do that too. Hmm. Which I want to read the description real quick on this one because I think apologizing is actually very healthy. 
to do. Okay. I think that's a good thing. Okay. But this is, let me read the description because this is what makes it people-pleasing. Whether you excessively blame yourself or you fear other people are always blaming you, mm. frequent apologies can be a sign of a bigger problem. Ooh. You don't have to be sorry for being you. <laughs> so it depends on what you're apologizing for. True, 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 true. No, that's good. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for um, clarifying that. Mm-hmm. These all have descriptions, too, so if you want me to clarify. Yeah, you know, know. I liked that one. Number four, you feel burdened by the things you have to do. So this one, I feel like it's like people who just have a problem saying no to things coming up in their oh, schedule. Oh, yeah, because you're just like, yep, yep, I can do that. Let me, no worries. Yep, so like you just constantly fill your schedule because you're like, I have to do this. I can't say no, you know. That's my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is you can't say no. Oh, <laughs> goes right in with number four. Mm-hmm. Um, six, you feel uncomfortable if someone is angry at you. Mm. Oh, this is me yeah. to a T. Yeah. I, well, so, I don't know. Yeah. Cause here's my thing. Like pastor Tim's kind of been talking about, like, there are people that dislike you. Like he said that maybe once or twice in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like trying to think of who those people are. And they're probably more and more now that I'm like <laughs> recording a podcast and people are like, I can't believe she said that. <laughs> but like. Um, if people are mad at me, I don't know that, you know, hmm. like it's, mm-hmm. am I, did I intend, mm-hmm. did I, and here's the, maybe this is something we'll get into, but like, is it something I did or is it something that's out of my control? You know, like there's a line between, well, and that's a healthy person's take on it. <laughs> Thank you. But for me, and, and I will get into this more later as we're diving sure. into some more about this, but like, it doesn't matter if I was wrong or not. If someone's mad at me mm-hmm. for a conversation or a circumstance or situation, even if I had nothing to do with it, it will drive me insane. Wow. And I can't sleep. I'm like thinking about it all the time. I'm praying about it all the time because to me that if, if I know and I'm aware that someone isn't happy with me, yeah. like I said, even if it's not even my fault, it bothers me. Whoa. And that's yeah. a problem. That's not healthy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's uncomfortable. Don't get me wrong. I'm not inviting people to be mad at me. But. Right. But you you have the proper perspective of like, this is, is not something? my issue. I can't really yeah. control this. So yeah. therefore, I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to pray about it. And I am going to mm-hmm. decide if it was, you know, something I need to deal with. Is it a log in my own eye? You know? Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Number seven, you act like the people around you. Ooh. I think that. That's normal though, right? You you become like the five people you spend your time with. Mm-hmm. Well, let me read the description because it breaks that down. It says, it's normal for other people to bring out different sides of your personality. Mm. But people pleasers often sabotage their goals. Studies show that people pleasers engage in self-destructive behavior if they think it will help others feel more comfortable in social situations. Mm. For example, people pleasers eat more when they think it will make other people happy. Oh, or like... This is an example. Let's say you're a vegetarian and someone makes you food and they serve you a piece of chicken. Yeah. If you're a people pleaser, you might be afraid to say, hey, I can't eat this or right. I'm not going to eat it. And so maybe you might eat it anyway. <gasps> people pleasing. Okay. Number eight, you need praise to feel good. Okay. Well, I'm a three and <laughs> I just like it anyway. Mm-hmm. So can that's when you description de- on that. Yeah. While praise and kind words can make anyone feel good, people pleasers depend on validation. Uh, if your self-worth Rest entirely on what others think about you. You'll only feel good when others show, shower you with compliments. Yeah. Um, number nine, you go to great lengths to avoid conflict. Mm. That's me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It says it's one thing not to want to start conflict. Right. It's healthy. But avoiding conflict at all costs means that you'll struggle to stand up for the things and the people you really believe in. Whoa. Heavy. Um, number 10, you don't admit when your feelings are hurt. Whoa. I was just like letting that one like sit for yeah. a second. You don't admit when your feelings are hurt. To yourself, to other people, to people closest to you, to the person that is mad at you? Let me answer your question. Thank you. <laughs> you can't form authentic relationships with people unless you're willing to speak up sometimes and say that your feelings are hurt. Denying that you're angry, sad, embarrassed, or disappointed, even when you're emotionally wounded, keeps a relationship superficial. Yeah. So I guess that would just be like, yeah, if someone hurts your feelings in conversation and for the sake of avoiding conflict, you just You're keep just your mouth like, shut. No, it's good. Thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's probably fine. Um, cool. Thanks for sharing that. I love that that's psychology today. It's not Bible, but mm. it's like so good, you know? I, I definitely related to all of it. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading this book, The Emotionally Healthy Woman um, by Jerry. Ooh, this isn't good. Scazzaro. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> when you listen to this, I'm like so sorry that just kidding. Um, it's eight things you have to quit to change your life. Um, yeah, the emotionally healthy woman. The first chapter is quit being afraid of what others think. Mm -hmm. Let's just start right there, which is people pleasing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like a lot of what you said is in here. Um, like, I don't remember what number it was, but she writes on page 29, relying on the approval of others for our sense of self-worth is a direct contradiction of biblical truth. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of just like taking things that are in that list and like tying it right back into the Bible, mm -hmm. right? Um, so some of those truths are we are made in God's image. We have a new identity in Christ. Um, so I just thought that was really good. That's really good. Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I like the, the point you brought up there. You said something that was so stuck out was approval of others. That's yeah. ultimately what people pleasing is. Right. It's like you're seeking their approval mm -hmm. more than the approval of something else. Yeah. A higher power. Yep. In our case, we believe it should be God's approval. Right. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting too. I read an article. It's called The Audience of One by mm. Os Guinness. <laughs> Why didn't we practice these names? <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah. Anyway, this is from Crew Press Green. I've mentioned Crew Press before. You as are a source. fan. I am a huge fan. I'm going to read this um, little excerpt from the article though. It says, when we discuss our plans and endeavors, we automatically think of notions like aims, ambition, achievements, assessment, and so on. But we often overlook the vital part of audience. And then it goes on to say, only madmen, geniuses, and supreme egoists do things purely for themselves. It is easy to buck a crowd, not too hard to march to a different drummer, but it is truly difficult, perhaps impossible, to march only to your own drumbeat. Most of us, whether we are aware of it or not, do things with an eye to the approval of some audience or other. Mm. The question is not whether we have an audience, but which audience we have. Mm. And so this whole article is just basically saying, like, our goal should be to live life. Um, I love this phrase, quorum Deo or quorum Deo. What is that? It means before the heart of God. Ooh. Um, and it says, and thus to shift our awareness of audiences to the point where only the last and highest God counts. Whoa. I, th I just like the way he framed it because it was like, yes, we're always going to have an audience. Right. As human beings. Right. And kind of like what your book was saying, who are you looking for the approval from? Right. Is yeah. it 
all the people around you? Is it your spouse? Is it your parents? Right. Is it your boss? Is it America, if you're on TV? Yeah. Um, or is it someone else? Is it God? Yeah. What it, so it said that um, madmen and geniuses don't care about their audience? Because yeah. they're like psychopaths? Well, well, yeah, like, or narcissists or whatever. Like, yeah, because they're like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm they're just like, I'm this. just, for my own personal gain, I really don't care. I just need my power. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So. Mm, yeah. Um, so I did pull scripture um, just talking about, like, the audience of one. And in Psalms, David writes, um, it's Psalm 56, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Mm. I love that. And I mean, it's not, it's not directly, I mean, it's talking about people like hunting him or, you know, his enemies in hot pursuit. But I think for me, I think a change was when I realized when I did need just the audience of one. I don't, like, what can, I mean, sure, like, your reputation and your, you know, people around you, but, like, at the end of the day, really God's the only one that matters. Like, what can mere mortals do? Like, what is it that they can say or um, their perception of me doesn't really play into my identity. My identity comes from God. I think that's amazing. I love that scripture. When you read it, mm-hmm. I, I honestly want to take that and write it down and, like, memorize it. Yeah. In the next month or something. Cause I think that scripture really strikes a chord. And yeah. when you're in those moments of like fearing conflict with someone, yeah, I think that scripture is key because you can go back and say, well, yeah, what, what is this loss of relationship or this person's opinion of me really going to do yeah. to me yeah. at the end of the day, if, if you are right with God and yeah, you feel like he's asked you to do something and he's the source of your identity, yeah. then you should be able to stand in that yeah. and not be, you know, moved or tossed about by someone else's opinion of you. Yeah. That's good. Or, or even like thinking like how often when we're making life decisions, do we base it around what other people want for us? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And or what it, they'll, yeah, what they'll think about you and mm-hmm. yeah. It can be crippling. Yeah. Or, and you can get to a point where you feel like you've made the decision and then you come back and you revisit it. I know that's something that, like, I've struggled with and um, in the season I'm in right now, just knowing what, where best to put my time and what are people going to think of me and what, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Instead of sitting down and saying, okay, like, regardless, disregarding what everyone else's thoughts are, God, right. what do you want me to do? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I had a Instagram story up months ago, but I just asked like what people uh, do to combat people pleasing because I was just curious. And yeah. I had a couple friends respond. I'm gonna read their responses because cool. I really liked it. So yeah. my one friend Taylor from Michigan State, go green! Oh my gosh, go white! I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, she said, "We can only fear God or man. There is no in between." And oh, I love that. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. Because it's true. Yeah. And she said um, she read 20 pages of the book, When God is Big and People Are Small. And she said that's all she needed. Like, <laughs> she's like, it changed my perspective. I haven't read it, but that's what she said. Okay. Good Good book therapy there. Yeah. And then um, 
my friend Diana, she was on her podcast, uh, she said that um, people pleasers oftentimes lose respect from other people because you're, mm. you know, not speaking your mind. You're not being honest almost. Yeah, you don't have a backbone. You don't. Mm-hmm. What do you so stand for? It's really important not to be. But she said people around you will actually end up being happier if you're speaking up and being honest about yeah, what you Yeah, if you're you authentic, want. if you're... If you're, if you have convictions. Well, and if you're pretending that something doesn't bother you, it's only a matter of time before that comes out and that person isn't going to be happy. And you're just suppressing it and you're just like, Mm -hmm. no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So she said, in other words, I'm a people pleaser by not being a people pleaser. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. That like, I had to think about that for a minute, but basically when you take out the goal of making someone happy you actually end up pleasing them more. <gasps> okay, in the I long see it now. Run. Okay, good. Because you're being truthful, you're being honest, you're being yeah. real and authentic about who you are and what you want. Wow. That's so deep. Yeah. That is so deep. Thanks for that, Diana. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was really good. Wow. So let's kind of give some, some uh, ways to combat people pleasing. So we've definitely shared what the issue is. Mm-hmm. Um, We've talked about where identity should come from. Yeah. So like basically one way to combat it is the audience of one Mm -hmm. seeking God's approval above man's approval. Mm -hmm. That's definitely key Mm -hmm. to this. Mm -hmm. Um, But is there anything else that can help practically? Well, I'm so glad you've asked. (laughs) Um, uh, The book Boundaries, I think, is really... Oh man, it's life changing um, by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend. Because um, you were reading the book When People Grow. That's not what it's called. How People Grow. How People Grow. And it was by the same mm-hmm. dudes. And I was like, Have you read Boundaries? And you were like, No. And so um, it's a really good book. The one thing that I always remember is like imagining your. Um, your emotional health as grass, right? And you, like, have to water your own grass. But, like, if you're watering someone else's grass, your grass is going to die, you know? Like, Mm. if your sprinklers are, like, not hitting... If you're not filling up your own bucket and you're filling up everyone else's, like, that's what unhealthy boundaries looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's learning how to... Um, figure out where your boundaries are, figure out what you need to do for yourself and just like stop caring about other people. Mm -hmm. No, that's not right. Stop caring more about what they think than what's good for you. Right. And I, I, I'm glad you brought up the grass because that was something that was really cool about the book. Like immediately he points that out. Mm -hmm. And I loved that he said, it's almost like a property, property line too. In the fact of like, you definitely have a fence around your property. Yeah. Or you should, right. because there should be clear um, separation separation between what's yours and what's someone else's mm-hmm. responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you definitely should have a fence around your grass or your yard, but you shouldn't have a wall. Like, yeah. I think because someone like me, who is a huge people pleaser, and for 28 years, I lived my life yeah. without boundaries. and. I'm like, wow, this is bad. I need a fence up here. Like, and so I'm <laughs> going to put something. Yeah. So I'm doing that work, but I had to be careful not to build up a wall either because mm-hmm. you're, you definitely need, it needs to be permeable. And the fact that you need to let the good in and the bad out. Yeah. And if you build up walls that can't let anything into your yard, then right. you're just sectioning yourself off from yeah. people. You're and that's cl- not yeah. what God wants for no. you. No, not at all. Um, yeah, that's good. I was just, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, but it has to be, um, like I said, a fence where you can, like, 
open it up when it needs to be open and close it when it needs to be closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. Was it about grass? <laughs> no. Just how boundaries I did help. hear a really funny joke about fertilizer yesterday, <laughs> but this is not the place. Um, no, I don't know. It's gone now. Mm. Maybe I'll come back to you. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got it. There it is. It's actually just more on boundaries, though. Um, So when you're thinking about it, it's like if you're trying to make a decision, trying to, um, and you're more concerned with, like, if I do this, then that person's going to do that, right? Like, I think that is where you need a boundary because you can't control how someone's going to react. You can't. And, I mean, are you expecting the best or expecting the worst? probably shouldn't focus too long on that because your responsibility, what you're called to do is not, I mean, obviously you don't want to go around offending people, but like you, your boundary is only what you're in control of. You can control your action. So if someone is, um, uh, I don't have a good example, but like always cutting you off in traffic, then I don't know. No, nope, I got no example here. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Do yeah, you know the- I do. And I, I love what you're saying because it's like when we have boundaries, that's defining what we're responsible for right. and what someone else is responsible for. We have to take ownership of our own yard. Like right. if our grass is dying and it's brown, yeah. that's our responsibility. Right. Like we own that property exactly. line. Yes. Someone else can't come in and be watering our grass for us every day. Right. And if they are... We need like a boundary. Pay them and then send them on their way. So, like a good example of that could be like parents. Yeah, like that's a good if example. I'm trying to think of something, but it's like, um, hmm, it's a good example. I know parents. it's really hard because then you're like, <laughs> you don't want to be talking about someone, but um, or I mean, if 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 I'm a grown adult and I have a house mm-hmm. and I have a job and I'm financially okay, yeah, and yet my parents are still they're paying my mortgage and my car. Like they're paying for everything. Yeah. That's, That's not them watering my it's grass. It's not healthy for you and it's not healthy for them because I mean, on a big scale, God's got better things for them to be putting their money at, you know? Exactly. Like and what are you taking from someone else? Right. And I'm not speaking into situations where there's an obvious need. Like right. there's a time and yeah, yeah, yeah. of course everything has to be always filtered through the, the lens of like, you know, God, what, what God's doing and the, the needs of the people at the time. But yeah, that's just an example of if you're able. We got an example. It yeah. took us a really long time, but we got a good example. Or even just controlling parents in general, yeah. right? Like dictating where you go to school or what you're going to study even. Right. Or yeah. demanding all these things that you yeah. really should be taking ownership and responsibility of yourself. Yeah, it's your life. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's your grass. Yeah. Um, that's good. Or even like I, I using the grass analogy... Um, I think of like family members that I care so much about. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I see something going on in their life that I'm not happy with, or maybe like, I'm like, "Mm, they shouldn't be doing that. I, that's hurting them. And I can visibly see their grass is like brown in an area because I'm like, their choices are hurting themselves or like, they're not making the right decision. It's still not up to me to go in there and fertilize their grass for them. Right. I can stand over at the fence and be like, hey. Hey, do you see that? I see that. (laughs) Like, you know, just be aware. Like, you're not getting enough sunlight over there. Like, I can say it in a loving, kind way. There's always But I also can't cross the line and take responsibility for someone else's actions in life. Love that. 
That is so good. But here's me, people pleaser, like crying in a corner because I see someone's grass is brown. Yeah. And it's like, that's okay to, to feel and be empathetic. But at the same time, I can't let that drive me either. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Because that's not healthy. I have my own grass to water. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking about what uh, Pastor Tim was talking about in church. Um, like the ways to go about helping people in a loving way. And the first thing is um, observation. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I see this or I've noticed, I've noticed this brown spot on your grass. Can you help me understand why you think that's there? That's Mm -hmm. number two. It's like, you know, I'm not insulting you. I'm not trying to take responsibility for it. I just kind of want to know, help me understand, you know? And then the third one was um, like, what does scripture say about Mm -hmm. it? So yes, there's, there's healthy ways to help someone yeah, um, without taking the responsibility on your own shoulders and feeling like it's always up to you to save them. Yeah. Saving people. Mm-hmm. Cause that's why Jesus came. Yeah. He came to save us. He's the only real savior out from there. From ourselves, for our friends. Mm-hmm. That felt really cliche, but it was really good. No, I loved that. <laughs> the heart of this right here. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a couple other things, too, from the Boundaries book. Oh, good. Just, like, some practicals for how you can start implementing boundaries in your life. Cool. Because, um, like I said, like, even doing this podcast, guys, like, I am in the heart of doing this boundary work right now. Like I said before, I didn't even know what the Boundaries book was until Allie mentioned it. So, like, six months. Six months ago. Read it. It changed my life. I'm not even kidding you. It, well, it Jesus changed my life, but he used this book to point out some things to me. There you go. And I just was like, how did I live my life for 28 years not having boundaries? It honestly makes me very sad, but there's hope. Yeah. There's always... You know it now. It wasn't room for 50 years. Yeah. It wasn't 70. So... Um, it's only 28. I guess my my point is like... We were in the struggle, too. We get it. Yeah. It's it's a journey. Um, oh, and this is something else cool I learned. Growth equals grace plus truth plus time. Mm, I'm writing it down right now. So, like, yeah, we can see. Maybe we have an issue with people pleasing. Grace. And it's like, truth. how are we going to grow? Time. Well, we need grace for ourselves yep. and from other people. Take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Truth. We need to seek guidance. What's actually right. Right. We need to go to God's word and admit we have a problem and hear the truth. Yep. But then there's the time aspect. Love that. That's that my favorite take aspect. Time. Always. Time heals all yeah. wounds. Do you remember? Yeah. That was like November. I was like, time. Yeah. That's where, that's, I love that. That's exactly where growth comes from. Mm-hmm. I wanted like a G stands for grace. R stands for, but that's not what came. It was just grace, (laughs) truth, and time. But it's good. Those are really good things. Yeah. So um, getting back to the practicals, I just wanted to add that in there. It's like this is is not going to be an overnight thing that all of a sudden you're not a people pleaser anymore. But, you know, we're all in the struggle together. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Even me who is like, I don't even remember when I read the book. But like, I'm not any better at it. I mean, I, okay. There's growth, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, it gets better. It gets easier. But you're still you're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Back to practical. Okay. <laughs> um, so the first thing was admit the problem. Mm. Humility. Um, yep. And then get a support system. So 
Because his thing was, depending on how bad the your people pleasing problem really is, people pleasing problem, <laughs> your pee pee pee. <laughs> um, but depending on how bad it is, it can get hard. And also depending on um, if you're in a controlling relationship mm. with a spouse or a parent or a friend or someone very close to you, mm. that can get messy. It's oh, yeah. not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight. And implementing boundaries can make people very upset. Right. And when it's someone close to you, that can be heartbreaking yeah, and challenging. Yeah, like being told what to do or what not to do. No. And especially someone like me who's, who is not good at it and has not learned those skills for 28 years, I'm like a baby learning how to say no mm-hmm. or learning how to speak my mind. Mm-hmm. And so... You need a support system. You need people who know you're struggling and can say, lean in and say, I'm here. How did it go? I'm praying for you. Um, uh, You know, just, yeah, help you along the way. Um, But there's there's three things uh, in addition to that that you can do. So to practice, you can start by saying no to something small. Oh, I like that. So maybe you're not going to be able to say no to... um, the really big thing. A really big, yeah, the really big thing, yeah. But maybe, um, you know, I, I keep using the, the parent example just because I think that this one, when I was reading the Boundaries book, this one came up a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because um, he uses that to tell the stories. That's exactly. How the- so that's the that's why I'm going to this example a lot. But, um, you know, you could say no to something small at first, like yeah. a, sm- a smaller request, like, I don't even know, but... Um, Something smaller that someone like, wants you to do. In my mind, I'm thinking of like someone, there's a waitress taking your order and you just say no to something small. Like, oh, do you want fries with that? No, mm-hmm. I did it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to say yes just because, or, you know, if everyone else is having dessert, I'm just going to say no. Like do something for you that, mm-hmm. you know, you would normally go with the flow on. Say no. Yep. It feels good. Yeah. Or in the vegetarian example that yeah. we did earlier, like, Instead of just going along with it, the person could say, hey, actually, like, I'm not eating meat right now. Right. Because the opposite of that is eating around the chicken and then the, oh, do you not like the Mm -hmm. chicken? Now you've made a more (laughs) terrible situation. Sorry. Exactly. Um, Okay. The next thing is express your opinion about something simple. But here's the catch. Use empathetic assertiveness. What does that mean? So, okay. So when you express your opinion to someone, if it's conflicting with what they want right um obviously that doesn't mean you shy away from it you still need to assert your opinion in certain situations Mm -hmm. but people also need to feel heard and understood so kind of what you were saying earlier from pastor tim you start with hey i understand where you're coming from yeah and i feel you on this but i can't help yeah so like just being honest and and saying, I'm sorry, I don't agree with you. Yeah. Or not, I'm sorry. That was bad. Yeah, don't say I'm don't sorry. Don't say I'm sorry. <laughs> but just say, I understand I where you're coming from. Yeah. I can see your point of view. I don't agree, though. Yeah. You're and, allowed to not agree. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think it's easy when you start practicing or learning about boundaries to be brash and just be like, mm-hmm. no, no, thank you. I'm good. I don't agree. You you miss the empathetic part. You're just assertive. Mm-hmm. 
I think I did that for a while too. When I was like reading the book, I was just like, no, <laughs> swinging too far the other way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or even someone I could, cause I could think of a lot of people in my life who are great with boundaries. Yeah. They, they're not like they're too me. good. No, I'm just kidding. Well, kind in of. a way, yeah. like, like they're so good at boundaries and I admire them for that. And that's right. something I'm learning from, from right. them. Right. But at the same time, sometimes I see them be a little too quick to say no or a right. little more brash, like you said, and there has to be that empathy layer in, in yeah. it as well. So it's like a wall, kind of like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And you're just like on the other side, like chiseling it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like meet in the middle. I have no boundaries. Your boundaries are really good. Like what would what would it look like if we did this together? And Yeah, because I think, to be honest, people can probably go either way where like your boundaries are too good and yeah. not good enough because no, no yeah. one's perfect right exactly. so you probably fall in one of those two categories so right. maybe ask yourself this question like okay am I good at saying no or disagreeing with people and if you are maybe evaluate do I do it with empathy yeah and maybe you're a person who doesn't ever disagree with someone aka me and it's like how can I be more assertive? Yeah. But still carry that empathy layer in there too. Yeah. How can I be more empathetic and how can I be more assertive? Mm-hmm. And then I think another question is like, what does my grass look like? Like going back to the beginning, like, mm. I don't know. Am I watering my own? Am I watering someone else's? I don't have time for myself because I'm taking care of everyone else. Boundary. Mm-hmm. Needed. Okay. Do you have a number three over there? Oh, yeah. Number three. <laughs> uh, take a stand for something you believe in. Ooh. So to recap, like the three things you can start with, say no to something small, Mm -hmm. express your opinion about something simple with empathetic assertiveness, and then take a stand for something you believe in. Whoa. That's probably just to maybe start building your confidence. Do you have to do them in order? I don't think so. No? There's just like three things I talked about. Yeah. So. Take a stand for something you believe in. mm -hmm. Would that be like subscribing to a charity that you really like or... Like, for me, there's, like, a women crisis center in Pontiac Pontiac, mm-hmm. that I, like, ran a 5K for, like, three years ago, and I still get their monthly prayer list where they're just like, oh, we're praying for this mother who came in or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and that's not something that I, like, I don't serve with them at all, but I kind of, like, subscribe to, like, praying for them and, like, I don't know, like, abortion's kind of, like, a big thing that I just I resonate and feel, like... I could love on those people. So mm. right now, like, it's like I just pray because I, I got a lot on my plate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's exactly it. And I think it, um, maybe people who are people pleasers, kind of, will just stay in the middle of the yeah, road. Yeah, they and maybe don't have like the one one conviction that's super strong because they're just kind of always like there to say yes to whatever conviction is strongest in the room. Yeah. And so maybe this has helped build your own convictions. Like, no, you are an individual with strong belief. Right. And you can take a stand and be powerful in that. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, you know, all with God backing you up. But you need to be confident yeah. in who you are and what you stand for. Yeah. And it makes it easier, too. Once you know yourself... Once you stop gardening or watering someone else's grass and you water your own, you're like, this is what I, this is what I like. This is what I'm passionate about. Because if you're too busy looking at everyone else's yard, you probably don't even know what's going on in your own yard. Right. You're growing tulips or pansies. I don't know. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I love that analogy though. The grass? The grass in the yard. I think it's a really helpful way. Oh, and, um. 
maybe this will help people too. I know for me, I've been honest about sharing that I'm just starting this boundary journey right now. And mm-hmm. it's been good. so great. I, I really am so passionate about it now. But just seeing the fruit that's come out of it. Yeah. But one thing that's really helped me is I, I know that I'm worse in certain areas than others when it comes to people pleasing. Okay. And I've identified what those are. Mm-hmm. And I have made a list. Right now it's a mental list, but I want to transfer this to a paper list. Um, but I listed out situations or circumstances or people that I find that this happens most with. And I kind of came up with some situations like hypothetical, but so I'm prepared for the future. So like, Hey, if this happens, I'm going to say no. And here's how I'm going to say it. Yeah. And I have it all like kind of listed out. And obviously some of those situations may not happen or they may be different. You can't prepare for everything, Right. but it's helping me because then in the moment, you when have already happens, thought it through. Exactly. And yeah. I'm, it's much easier to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. Or, sorry, this is not my responsibility. Right. And I can't help you there. Non-negotiables here. I'm not going to go over there. Yeah. To your yard. So sometimes I guess preparing in advance and thinking it through can can help so that yeah. you're not caught off guard. And when it does come up in a moment yeah you're much more prepared and you have thought it through and you're not, you're less likely to get bulldozed over in those situations yep absolutely yep uh, yeah okay all right I, I love that that's really helpful I think if you going back to growth time helpful because I know that there was someone that did catch me off guard and I did say the wrong thing because I was brash the other side of people pleasing and so um yeah grace and time and truth Hmm. growth happens I just wanted to bring that back because I feel like if you do have those situations where maybe you didn't think it through and you weren't prepared and you said something wrong Mm -hmm. um there's grace for that there's grace and you will get better Mm -hmm. you're so right um question for you so with this boundary stuff we've kind of hit on like one of two camps you're either too good or not good enough mm-hmm. at boundaries, maybe. Yeah. Um, taking that back to people pleasing, do you think that people who have better boundaries established aren't as much of people pleasers, or do you think it just manifests differently? Wait, what? Say it again. Um. So if they have good boundaries, they have good boundaries, but maybe too good, or maybe they're more brash. Yeah. Or assertive. Yeah. Are they not people pleasers then? Yes, that's my question. Or does it just come out in a different way? Well, and I'm thinking again about what Diana said. No, I guess that's not really right. That's a different backwards thinking. Um, do I? No, I think they are not people pleasers. If your boundaries are too good and you're very... I don't want to... Okay, I'm not going to use... So if you think about a five on the Enneagram, hear me out. Avarice um, is their like, sin and it's like... Some people think about it like a greed of money, but it's really like a greed of your emotional resources. Mm. Jason and I were listening because he's a five. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, listen to this core. It was your Enneagram coach. And I was like, listen to this. Um, So if you're selfish with your, I think if your walls are up, your boundaries are good, you're, you're, you know, I don't, I don't like using greedy and selfish, but. Maybe you just don't care as much what other people think because you're more concerned about yourself almost. Yeah, with what, what what resources you have and 
you don't have time to water someone else's because you have the best grass on the block. I would agree with that statement. I would also maybe say that uh, people pleasing for people like that could be different. Maybe it's more like they want others to view them a certain way. Like they want to have this persona or keep up their image. So maybe that's how they people please. Right. Um, As opposed to trying to uh, take care of everyone else. Yeah. Or make other people happy. Right. It's still not right. Right. It, it's still it's not authentic. Ult- ultimately living for an audience of others as opposed to the audience of God. Right. Because if you were living um with God as your audience, you wouldn't be living for just yourself exactly. because you know that God wouldn't be pleased with that. Right. So, yeah, I think we probably all are people pleasers. It just comes across very differently in yeah. some versus others. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully this was helpful. Maybe you'll say no to something. Maybe it's something of yourself that you normally do, and you're just like, no, no self. I'm going to do something for someone else today. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Good. All right, great. Well, let's all work together at Living for the Audience of One and yeah, working on our boundaries. If, if anyone has any questions about what we've covered today, we um, will update our notes with some of these resources. Podcast and- notes. Um, waterwednesdays.com. Yep. Check it out if you haven't checked it out. There's blogs on there too. You could read things, mm-hmm. not just the podcast notes. Yeah, we have blog posts. Um, and give us a shout out. Let us know what topics you want us to hit and cover. Yeah. We have a lot headed your way, yeah. but we want to hear from you guys too. If there's anything that you have questions about specifically regarding spiritual growth or Christianity, yeah. um, let us know and we would love to research and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see you uh we'll see you next week for our bow series uh book number 2. All right. See cool. you guys. Have a good week and stay watered. <laughs>